Hello and welcome to another episode of the Uncommon Energy Podcast. On this week's episode, we'll be chatting about the results from a ton of different tournaments this weekend, including Portland, Sao Paulo, and Singapore. We'll, of course, have everyone's favorite segment, Guess That Flavor Text. And then we'll also talk about the Nagata Champions League results, which took place over in Japan. That tournament had 2,700 players at it. And it is in a future format, including cards from our upcoming expansion, Paldea Evolved. We'll talk about maybe a little bit of what the future for the Pokemon TCG has in store for us over here on the side of the world. And then we'll wrap up this episode by chatting about some new Pokemon TCG products, what we think about them and what they could mean for the future of the game and getting more people introduced to it. My name is Chip Ritchie, and I'm joined here as always by my co-host and friend, Azul GG. What's up, Azul? How are we doing, buddy? Doing all right. Just got back from uh, Portland and managed to get top 32 there, which doesn't really do much for me in terms of. Like, oh, did you get like 10 CP or something like that? Yeah, zero. <laughs> did you I'm actually like, get zero? <laughs> yeah, I have to get top eight to get CP. And I did. I was on my winning into top eight. I was actually pretty hyped because I hit. It was, I hadn't played against Mew the whole tournament. Last round hit Mew. Very good matchup. Um, and then, yeah, two of the games. Just did not go. One of the game one was actually kind of funny because it was like I thought I had no chance in game one. And then I like drew two prize cards and I was like, well, maybe I can pull off the Kyogre. And I just started digging through my deck. And then actually, their last judge of the game, I think I was actually like pretty likely to pull off the the Kyogre to win the game. I needed to draw into like beach, I had like a beach court, two Colrus in the deck, and I used one. I had access to a guaranteed one Comfy before I was like I kind of like didn't have switch outs to maybe pull off the play anymore. Um, but I actually even had I had double Mirage Gate left as well. So like I had a switch card in hand, so I would use one uh comfy, whiff, use another comfy, use switch card, use another comfy with the colrus. That one I had to hit colrus on, I think. The second comfy I had to find the colrus. But the first comfy, if I had just found like the beach court or Kyogre, I think I pretty much had the play set up. So yeah, it was kind of that one was like weird because it felt like I had no chance in the game from the start going on. Uh, but then when it got down to the end, I actually had a pretty good shot to win the game, but the judges were just really rough in that set overall. Game two, pretty yeah easy dub and then yeah game three was kind of the same thing really bad start uh had like two pokemon in play turn one and uh got nothing really cooking after that so yeah unfortunate to not pull out the top eight there especially going into such a good matchup in the final round but uh it's whatever um yeah kind of unfortunate run but still pretty good showing from the the squad uh of course grant got top eight we'll take a look at the list in general here in a little bit and then uh isaiah got 10th or ninth place i forget ninth, ninth place, I like that. yeah um yeah good tournament overall and uh good deck choice i think for sure and then yeah the results from the squad were solid for sure yeah i played the lost box like you said um you actually got to play on stream as well so if anyone wants to go watch this yeah. game it was a little quick one though because uh <laughs> something kind of interesting happened if you want to talk about it a little bit so oh yeah so uh yeah we're playing on stream they so they, they an id basically put them in cut um actually that wasn't how it went Your they opponent. weren't able to id the next round yeah my opponent a offered me the id at the beginning of the round before they took us up to stream and i was like no i mean i should play for the win here so i didn't take it um but i knew if they won game one i would offer them the id right back after they won game one and actually i probably should have won game one i did misplay um there's like this weird situation in the middle of the game where they forgot to put two damage counters on the guaranteed yeah. to be on the bench um i don't think they did it maliciously or anything and actually the damage that they forgot wouldn't have affected me potentially winning the game and like there was that whole back and forth there for a little bit and I wasn't sure I like was rethinking the plays that I was making on my board state. And then for some reason, I just thought I had one less prize card than I did at some point. And I think that's just because the prize cards are on my right instead of my left. They're just not in visual. They're like so removed from the board state. 
not trying to blame it like the reason i misplayed was because i was on stream but it definitely like was something i wasn't like over, trying to be overly aware of so i think if my prize cards were in the right place i wouldn't have thought i had one less prize card than i did at all for sure so the prize cards being way off to the right side on the other side of my deck definitely was not in a visual cue that i was like paying attention to at all i was not looking that far right i was only like kind of paying attention to the board so if you're gonna if i want to say or Greninja that turn, uh, but I did end up drawing to like my Echoing Horn on the next turn. So if I had used Greninja instead of Sableye and then had Sableye in the reserves, then I actually would have won the game on the next turn. Um, and then I definitely wouldn't have offered the ID. <laughs> I would have hoped to have won game two. Um, and if it got to game three, it probably would have naturally tied anyways, to be honest. But yeah, so that was kind of unfortunate. I didn't play great in the, I feel definitely made some other major mistakes throughout the tournament. Um, some of them maybe would have changed from some of my losses to wins, but um, that's the nature of Lost Box though, man. Like, it's hard to play a perfect like it's impossible to play yeah. a perfect tournament of Pokemon, right? It's really hard to play a perfect set. People do it sometimes. It, it's pretty yeah. pretty difficult. And when you're having to make as many decisions per turn as you were with Lost Box, I'd argue it's probably impossible to play a perfect set with Lost Box. Like to make every decision a hundred percent correct, right? Yeah. I mean, this build of Lost Box, I feel like got e it got easier without Scoop Up Net for sure. I feel like the other build, the Scoop, when we had Scoop Up Net going on, I just added like yeah more. That's fair putting a little bit more pressure on your decisions for some reason it feels like but with this one you're kind of limited to how many like flower seconds you can use a turn anyways you're like all right retreat switch okay that's kind of it but you can go like net 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 and just like do like five in a row and kind of rattle them off the game hasn't developed as much but you still want to be aggressively thinning your deck so yeah didn't play great at the tournament like like i said still got to my win it in had a really good matchup maybe that was like karma coming back i was like well you want to have better in this position if you just played a little bit better which is maybe true so um but it's fine take it there yeah the stream match was yeah it was funny because yeah they they offered me the idea before the round uh the, the game plays out i lose game one and then i'm like all right i like lay out my hand and i'm like all right before i look at my hand do you want to id because i don't want to like set up set up really poorly right and yeah then, like have a really bad start before i offer the id and then my opponent's like well i'm gonna beat you anyways i should probably just be safe and beat you right like it's definitely very possible for me to i'm going first definitely very possible for me to beat them in game two the matchup's pretty close uh probably about 50 50 so um, and they, and they, I didn't know if they would be guaranteed to be able to make it into cut or not off of that ID, being able to ID next round or not. I had no clue. There was, I didn't look at like the standings or anything, but they were pretty confident that they would be able to. So they took the ID, which is pretty funny. I think it might be the first time that's ever happened on stream. Cause they, they made a stop and they were like, you guys can't leave yet. Cause we don't know what to do. <laughs> that's yeah. what the head judges said. They were like, you guys can't leave yet. I mean, you, you can ID, but I doubt there's very many times where like the, the people get up on stage and the, the game yeah. starts and then. Uh, an ID actually happens. I've seen it happen a couple times. Like I think like Fabian and Pedro played once, and they ID before example the. I was gonna. Give, yeah, before yeah. the stream match even started, they had chose the ID, but they still played on stream. Um, but I think I think some people probably don't even know this, or maybe they're just like nervous to even ask, because like there's like a lot of weird. Um, people are not like fully informed around like gentlemen's agreements and ID and stuff. I think my even my last round opponent, we made a gentleman's agreement, but I don't think they fully understood it because they were they got really nervous when I was talking about gentlemen. We were talking back and forth about the gentleman's agreements when like they seemed nervous when judges sat down next to us while we were talking about it. Um, but we didn't say anything that was like not within the rules or right. what we were talking about was like a fully within the rules. So I think a lot of people just don't fully understand. And maybe I'll do a little rant video on that, like I've been doing recently, yeah, <laughs> on gentlemen's yeah. agreements and ID and stuff. But I bet I bet it rarely happens where like players are on stream or playing against each other and then after game one well after game one one of them's like all right let's id and they're like okay sure and then they both pick up their cards so I, it's pretty bad for production too like i understand that i was actually going to say something as well to the people the judges when they came to get us from our table i was going to be like there is a possibility we still tie in this round we're not iding right now game one will start but there's a possibility i was going to say something and maybe i should have because it probably would have saved produ production probably would have rather picked a different match but um yeah in the moment i just like 
wasn't thinking super clearly. But next time I'm in that situation, probably where I'm like, there's definitely a decent chance if they beat me game one, I'm offering them the idea, and they, there's a decent chance they take it because they feel very confident in that situation. So I probably should have saved up, saved production a little bit of a hassle there. Um, so definitely I apologize a, a that. unique, uh, definitely a unique situation for sure. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, yeah, you're each player is allowed to offer an ID one time per match, right? So yeah. Azul's opponent offered it before the match, and Azul offered it after game one, which yeah. is totally. I mean, I wouldn't have if yeah. they had offered it to me again after they beat me game one before I got to offer. I wouldn't have snitched on them either. I would have been like, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'd be like, yeah, yeah I, think gonna... I'm, I think I'm okay with that. <laughs> like, wait, you already offered it, Judge. You already offered me the ID. No, I wouldn't have, like snitched on them or anything like that. But yeah, um, but yeah, you can offer it once, and even if you're on stream, you're still allowed to tie. So, or ID, I guess I should say, Nat tying naturally happens all the time. Yeah. Um, but sure. uh, Chip, you weren't in Portland this week. Um. No one got to hear this, your soothing voice while they were watching the Pokemon TCG. Instead, uh, what were you up to then? What, what was your week like? I, uh, Brooke and I actually went down and visited with some of our friends in Charlotte for the weekend. So one of my good friends from college, who's one of my roommates in college, he uh, and his wife had a baby two weeks, exactly two weeks after Samuel was born. So they're like super close in age. So we just went down there, hung out with them for the weekend, did some fun things and got to catch up which was really fun um and then yeah after we a after our discussion last week on the podcast when we were talking about like video games and stuff and you talked about how you bought a ps5 it really had me thinking all week and i was like doing some research and stuff and i was like man maybe i should just get a ps5 so i went this <laughs> afternoon and actually bought a ps5 <laughs> and, uh, uh it's installing jedi survivor downstairs right now and when we're done with the podcast i'm not gonna promise that i'm not gonna go downstairs and uh play, play through the first couple of uh of areas in that game so yeah, yeah picked up the ps5 excited to to hop in and uh play some games by the way we're not sponsored by playstation <laughs> we've been talking about ps5 a lot. i actually just got mine i got mine last week but i just hooked it up today that uh, once that once i got back from portland i played a little bit of the the second god of war game mm -hmm. uh earlier and then did I you get the download. bundle that comes with the new god of war yeah 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 yeah, yeah i got the got it with the god of war have you played the first god of war yet i played it back when yeah, it i think it comes out. in the playstation plus stuff the new the first it one. does yeah yeah if you get ps plus you can you can get it um yeah but i played it back when it came out on the ps4 back in 2018 or whenever it was okay. um but i didn't finish it i don't remember why i think i just kind of like it was one of those things i have a hard time with games because i need to like when i sit down to play a game i need it to be like the next three nights or however long it takes i'm going to finish this game right because if i play it for like a night or two nights and then don't finish it and then go do something else. And then I don't think about it for two weeks and I come back. It's like, I've forgotten what all the control, like my combo buttons are. Right. And like, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, just maybe like, I just feel like I, I get too far out of the loop. I don't know. So I think it was like that kind of situation <laughs> where I like played it for a couple nights, didn't finish it. And then like, didn't think about it for a month and then came back and I was like trying, I was like going to sit down to play it. And I was like, man, I don't even remember what was happening. I just felt so removed from the story and the world and stuff like that. Damn, I thought the game was pretty good, but apparently you did not like it as much. <laughs> well, I liked it. it. I just didn't, I just didn't finish it. I don't, for whatever reason, whatever was happening in my life back in 2018, who knows? All right. Well, we had a lot of tournaments this weekend. Um, so we got a lot to cover as far as that goes. And I guess we should probably start with. Oh, no. But first, uh, we we're going to quickly mention 
Oh, I thought we were going to mention this out. later with the... We can, we can talk, talk, mention it now, though. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, it's just real quick because it's just one little card. So, yeah, I mean, there was a couple card reveals this week, but really only one worthwhile one to talk about. So we just wanted to briefly mention it and give our opinions on it. And that is going to be another card from the Pokemon Card 151 set, Cycling Road. So really kind of basing everything around that first generation of the Pokemon games. Um... But yeah, pretty unique effect here on the stadium card. Once during each player's turn, that player may discard a basic energy card from their hand. If they do, that player draws a card. Yeah, so we've seen this a couple times. Scorched Earth, Mag no, not Magma Basin. What's the Heat, the heat Factory Prism heat Factory? Star. Discard Fire Energy, draw three cards. That one was pretty good. Uh, and then also the other one that I just mentioned was uh Magma Basin, which like Magma Basin had to be underplayed. Maybe there was just no good fire decks back then. Your, Magma Basin, bro. What you, Magma oh, Basin? Scorched is the Earth, current... not Magma Basin. Scorched Earth had to be okay. underplayed. Discard one fire energy, draw two cards. That's Radiant Greninja. Well, like, it wasn't know. fire, just fire energy as well though. Oh, it was, it was fire fighting as well. or fighting energy. Yeah. And no one played it. No one played it at all. Yeah, it was like playing Primal Groudon. I don't know. We Primal had like Groudon Parallel City. Good. We had Parallel yeah. City and. Um, what was another? Um, Sky City was obviously broken. Power Plant was also a thing, Sky right? Skyfield. Skyfield. Yeah, man, maybe just stadiums were really good back then. But I Dude, wish Skyfield's one of the best they've ever made. Yeah, I want to get back to that though, where we have a lot of really powerful stadiums, and there's like more stadium wars kind of going on. Because I feel like, like, what do we have right now? I guess it is a little bit right now, but they're all like, I don't know. They're so, so it's everything just path. Is, it's all, all path. stadiums. Well, no, it's path, and then you have like Meza Goza. Collapse is like the only. But the thing is, like, none of the stadiums you're like, besides path to the peak, are you like trying to like stadium war to keep your stadium in play for multiple turns? Everyone's just like, oh, I got my value off Meza Goza. I'm gonna even go ahead and bump it with my own Lugia. I don't even want it to stay in play for another turn. Or I use my collapse stadium to discard my Pokemon, but I don't even want it to. I don't even care if it stays in play for another turn, right? Like path is the only one where you're like, you care if it stays in play for multiple turns. I guess that's kind of the biggest thing. Because even like Beach Court and Lost Box, like you got your retreat off. Um, so you didn't have to uh, use like a gate, and now you can attach your save line and attack with save life for turns. Like, okay, I got my one beach core yourself. But I guess the beach core is maybe the one where it's like, okay, I think this, that's, it's, not, it's not like you're running like four beach core to keep them in play, right? I, I think this just comes with the nature of games being less turns, right? Yeah, there's less value in trying to win the stadium war. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, if as Lugia, your game lasts four turns, I mean, you just need the Mesagoza to hit one heads and you go get your Archeops or your Lugia V-Star, whatever piece you need. one liability. And yeah, exactly. And that, that's like could. just all the swing you need. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I talked about, so just back to the Cycling Road as well. So I talked about this a little bit whenever Artisan got revealed, which is another new stadium coming out where the player gets to search a deck for a basic Pokemon and put it directly on the bench. Um, that's not a Rubox Pokemon. Um, I'm just kind of not a big fan of these cards that it's like just vanilla can be played in anything. I like it whenever it's something like Brooklet Hill, where it only works for a certain type, or Scorched Earth, where Heat Factory Prism Star, one of those things where it only I'm works basically. for a certain type. So it gives a yeah. big edge and gives yourself a big reason to play that type. Or whenever you want to play a new Pokemon that comes out that is that type, you know, oh, it has this support that other types don't have access to that makes this really yeah. powerful um whenever it's just like a blanket solid card i mean it's like okay but then it doesn't never that feel good because otherwise right yeah they're never that powerful because otherwise it'd be like too much right everyone could take advantage of it we'd all be playing two cycling roads at discard energy draw three cards or whatever in every single deck or whatever yeah i'd be want to be yeah. can't make it too broken it could be cool in um i was thinking it could be cool in guardy as a counter stadium right because more ways to discard energy is cool and then you just need a counter stadium if you feel like you're not getting the full value out of like the Sinos or the Collapse or Champions Festival, whatever. 
then more cycling and you still need bumps for path right so like more ways to cycle through your deck not bad um and then also i think i was thinking maybe lost box for a little bit but you don't really have that much energy to work with in lost box you don't want them mm -hmm. all in your discard pile that fast so it probably doesn't work in lost box yeah um but i guess in the future we could always see it kind of function with some kind of deck so it's not great and i i do kind of agree with you though i like the and that's where, we, where we've seen the more powerful stadiums right because it's, it's like you can tailor it to what does this type have that it can utilize and where do we give it like a little bit more of an edge over other decks but um not make it broken because you know like all the powerful stuff a certain type has like we've like in the past we've had the uh like giant hearth it's like not just yeah. for fire decks but it's also for welder decks in general but that was like okay we know what this deck what decks can take advantage of this and it doesn't seem like it's like makes it broken 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 but if you gave everyone discard find two basic energy that'd probably be too good discard one card find two basic energy like giant heart did so limited to just fire stuff you know it makes that stuff good which is fine so yeah it would be cool to see more um type or even like kind of strategy relevant cards and i guess collapse stadium is kind of like that but like stuff like skyfield where it's like not everyone really wants eight bench pokemon but some people do uh or some some decks do and more decks that kind of are trying to take advantage of certain stadiums like that. Like maybe even one, I can't even think of another one to be honest, but something like that for sure could be cool again. Yeah. I guess you could argue those Skyfield's probably like just a blanket good card as well. Right. Like pretty yeah, much but like if you had it right now, would any oh, less, play it? less so, less so. Um, yeah. And like, to, like, like you said as well, this is just kind of like an okay effect. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think like some turbo deck somewhere along the way will probably utilize yeah. this card. And Put also in, uh, like, it, it, I can see this being used with like dark patch or something like that. Right. Another card in the format that, you know, another, oh, this strategy. could be the, this could be it. Dark V starts charging up. It's getting, <laughs> there we go. That's part of cycling road. Let's go. I can get in it. there. <laughs> All right. But yeah um interesting stadium card still feels like there's a little bit lack of powerful really powerful stadium cards besides like path but hopefully get yeah. there eventually but yeah a lot of results this weekend i guess we could start off with uh portland um because that's the one i was at unless you want to start with a different one um but i think we start with portland yeah that's fine um portland regionals like i mentioned i played lost box top 32 uh played the same deck as grant manley who got uh top eight but the deck the tournament overall was taken down by uh arctina which yeah. I don't think and either of us thought like too highly of. Um, I'm pretty sure last week you literally said Arctina isn't a real deck. That's what I said about Lost Tina. No, it was about, about Arctina, Arctina because we I? were like, we were wrapping up the decks we were no, talking Lost about. Tina. And I was like, Lost is there Tina. any other deck you want to talk about? And you were like, and it was like, there's like the Arctina stuff. And you're like, that's not a real deck. That definitely happened. Someone in the Maybe YouTube happened. comments from last week's episode said something about it. Oh, maybe I did. I just thought like Arctina has always felt really mid. Um, I feel like it's just kind of like worse Mew, um, but maybe it's just better Mew. Maybe Mew is worse Arctina because it did it took down another. Uh, what is it? The Singapore regional as well. But yeah, we can take a look at the list, and the list is like super straightforward. Like there's nothing super special that's happening here, right? It's just Arctina. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple like maybe kind of unique things. So yeah, first Loves. off, shoutouts to. Landing Kettler on getting the win of being a regional champion. It's a small group of players, right? So congratulations there. But yeah, some very unique things. Uh, it's it's kind of vanilla, but there's also like a couple unique things here. So we see the one yeah. cleansing gloves in there. Let's see, hit for 310 on Guardi EX with your Giratina V-Star. Have yeah. to imagine that's pretty much the only reason for it. Yeah, and it doesn't hurt also your... do the same your... thing to Mew V-Max, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But... Yeah, that's, yeah, so like that's why you play two choice spells, so you can want to KO Mew V-Max. But... 
the option to KO one hit KO a guard EX is like really good as well. Because otherwise they can kind of sit there and slow the game down. Or while you're trying to slow the game down, then kind of match you in that pace of just being like, well, I'll just attack with the guard EX. Is right. I didn't have the everything I needed, but you can't want it KO me. So I guess I'm, we're just both chilling. But the cleansing yeah. gloves lets you get over that for the turn they're trying to stall out. He also had uh, two trekking shoes in here, which feels like a little That's random similar. almost. I don't know. What do you think of that? Um, I mean, once you feel like you've maxed the all the cards you would possibly need in the deck you just want to see those cards more often i don't know not there's playing three four... research in here right yeah like, that's surely... what i was gonna go with like <laughs> you only need so many supporters right? there's also four boss right so you're, you're basically you're saying once i set up i probably want to play a supporter each turn i mean sometimes you want to hit their active sometimes you want to boss their bunch of pokemon but the shoes do feel a little off but like once you like i mean it was like back in the day when i played like evital garb and i had like two trainers mail it was like I don't really want another research. I kind of just want to be able to see potentially everything if I whiff it when I play a research or play an N, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure back then, didn't you call trainer's mail uh, computer search? It like, just always got you what you wanted. <laughs> yeah, well, if you play a research and then whiffed a max elixir, your trainer's mail is going to probably hit a max elixir, right? Like, it's you're digging 11 search, right? deep. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's how it felt. Like, when you whiff the floatstone or the max elixir, you're probably like, well, I have the trainer's mail. I'm going to go, and you already played four floatstone and four max elixirs. <laughs> I'm just going to go a little bit deeper, and there it is. Um, so trekking shoes not as good as trainer's mail for doing that, but I couldn't find anything, which is something, right? Um, actually, because like I don't know, the big thing I could see like trekking shoes kind of doing it, it can be anything. The biggest thing I could see it though is like, do you really want to play more than fourteen energy? Not really. You also don't want to whiff turn one attachment. So I mean, that little bit of extra extension to potentially find the turn one attachment sounds kind of nice, right? But do you really want to play like fifteen, sixteen energy? Probably not. That gets really redundant if you just hit the energy, right? Energy lotto like is be... a card in the format. Yeah, but you don't want to have it just find energy, right? Because it could that. That's <laughs> I understand. Yeah. yeah. I, but we did see it in the other list. We could even like mention that right now. Singapore was also won by Arctina. Um, we could pull that up right now. We'll kind of go yeah. back and forth between some of these. Probably we're not gonna, just going to stay on one regional when there's so many results to talk about. Also won by Arctina. Three trekking shoes. So had three computer searches compared to two. That seems like <laughs> value to me. Mega value. Had less research as well and one less boss's orders. But a key card for both of these players had uh had the little squavette which i think was yeah. probably the the talk of twitter tournament. for the, the yeah. entire <laughs> yeah for the entire post tournament i mean uh if anyone has not seen landon's top four match against grant manley i mean in two games just hit the absolute perfect one card off of squavette's nest stash without even having bbrl in play i mean it was pretty absurd so just like how many nest stashes total were like the was it just two was there more than two? I think there was stages? like a third one that he got something really. I don't remember exactly what it was. Grant okay. seemed to think there was three that Landon got like exactly <laughs> what he needed. Right. But well, That kind of reminds me. It definitely of... happened twice where Landon got exactly what yeah. he needed. The only other time I've heard of something similar to this was when Pram lost in World's Finals. Where mm -hmm. it was. Who did Pram lose to again? I forget who it was. Uh, Yamato. Or no. Yamato. No. I forget. I completely forget oh, who I'm it tripping. was. Um. Yeah, basically they hit like the perfect uh, trade off, like two or three turns in a row or something ridiculous. Like Pram basically had the game locked up. The chance that Pram lost from the situation, if I remember the story correctly, and I've heard it a couple times from Pram. Um, yeah, basically the the the, the board state was like locked Yuda. up. Yuda, Um and then Yuda just like traded. And anyone who doesn't know what trade off is, it was Uxie uh, level X. Look at the top two cards of the deck. You take one, you put the other on the bottom of your deck. And it was like two or three turns in a row. Just like trade off, hit the card, trade off, hit the card, trade off, hit the card. And Pram's deck uh, ability locked your opponent as well. So they were under like a lot of lock pressure. 
believe there's also judges in the deck and the sp deck which is what yuda was playing wants to try and build up a hand and have all these different options turn to turn but when you're getting ability locked or pokey power locked back then plus their judge disrupting your hand judge was a card back then wasn't it yeah it was judge has been around a while <laughs> judge still uh taking this is where this famous picture from or famous in the pokemon tcd community a pram uh laying back and being like again <laughs> i think that's like that's after the winning trade-off right there yeah and this um, was the uh this is a reply to grant's tweet as well <laughs> oh shoot yeah <laughs> jake is on the exact same wavelength with it then for sure that's because that that's what came to mind when i when i i didn't actually watch the fight i was on a flight when uh the whole uh, all the games were playing out or was at the airport i don't remember but yeah i didn't watch it um but yeah as soon as i heard the story the tales of the squavette i was like that just reminds me of uh Rams uh, finals match there and it yeah apparently I wasn't the only one who it reminded them of yeah it's yeah it's definitely one of those type of moments but I mean hey also we have to say Landon played to his outs right of course, gotta <laughs> sometimes play. you just gotta go for that raw hit the one thing <laughs> you need and sometimes you just get it of course um, yeah so I don't know how uh, how good Squavette was for Cash. Uh, who took down Singapore Regional. So shout out to Cash on getting the big dub. I think Cash um, tweeted that it was like pretty good. <laughs> really? I mean, comboing with B-Barrel is good. I don't know how many uh, optimal, like perfect Squavets into the perfect card happened for Cash, but... Um... Oh, here's the clip as well. I'm showing on uh, <laughs> Twitter. I'm not going to have the audio play, but yeah, you can see Landon... Just having to nest stash. Grant shuffles the deck. Nothing See, malicious or shady going on here. Boom, here comes the Squavette. Use it, nest stash, shuffle the hand. We're going to throw it straight to the bottom. The one, th this situation as well, by the way, Grant has just attacked with Dragonite to tie the game four to four prize cards. Landon has attached for turn already has a put a double turbo energy onto this Giratina V-Star. So off of this nest stash, if Landon does not find Giratina V-Star or like a research to try to find Giratina, Landon is, is only going to do 140 damage this turn. And then Grant yeah. is just going to one-hit KO the Giratina and just uh, Grant cannot lose the game from that point. Well, and, I don't know. There's a Raikou on the bench there, right? Am I tripping? So, so, yeah, you could then follow up with Arc Arc, but... But yeah, Landon good, yeah. just hits it and Grant throws his hands up, like just cannot believe it. Cannot believe it. <laughs> yeah, because Ultra Ball doesn't work at that point. Did did Grant know there was the Squavette was coming down? Or like, because the Squavette was in hand after the shuffle. Did they Ultra Ball for the Squavette? He Nest Balled Landon? for it. Oh, Nest Balled for it? Yeah. Dude, that's where you call for a judge shuffle, bro. You do not want to decide your own fate in that kind of situation. <laughs> that's what I do in those situations. Put it Whenever, in someone like, else's hands. Yeah, I don't like putting it in my. I added. I did a judge shuffle this event. My opponent needed to get a Charon's care off a of B barrel for one. Uh, they shuffled their deck up, and I was like, "All right, I don't want to pick. I don't want to cut, tap, or shuffle." So I called over a judge. They did it. Uh, this is actually the first time my opponent has whiffed off a judge shuffle. So I'm like, your one opponent normally hits it. <laughs> yeah, but I don't. But even when they hit it, I don't feel like I don't have that. You know, everyone. It's like it's like a mental. It's to keep you mentally stable. You don't want to like cut and then be like, I, they draw it and you're like, well, I should have tapped then, right? Or I should have shuffled then, right? It just like mentally relieves yourself of the the pressure and the outcome is like theoretically the same if you do it or if they do it but you know now you couldn't have done something different just put it in the judge's hands always feels a little bit better it was the next card though it was close so the chance care <laughs> was the card after the one oh um, yeah so arctina gets the win um and it was a deck honestly i don't think that i mean like we talked about I, it didn't seem like either of us really was talking about it it doesn't feel yeah. like it was super high on anyone's radar for this event it was definitely much more talked about going into euic didn't do great at euic so kind of a lot of people wrote it off what made it have like a really solid finish to to the point where it wins two tournaments this weekend like why did it 
like what in the meta happened that made it so good? Or was it just kind of lightning striking bit... twice in the same place? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it was like that. The deck is like solid. Like, like I have been kind of saying, it just feels like worse Mew. Um, but maybe it's just better Mew because there's Mew's a little bit like Mew's a little bit worse against like Lost Box decks. Maybe that's it, right? Like Lost Box still very popular, kind of everywhere. Um, and maybe that's just kind of it. You definitely have a better Lost Box matchup as the Arctina than the Mew because the primary win condition with both decks is Judge Path and then be able to hit hard, right? And kind of knock out anything you put in front of them or just kind of win the prize race um, if you kind of ignore their main attacker, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so like, yeah, if you ignore Mew, VMAX can't want to KO Mew, VMAX. They're usually doing pretty good. Judge Path, pretty disruptive. Actually, that was one thing I was surprised to see in Cash's list. Only three Path. Um, but there's not that many stadiums in the format, I guess, currently. And then like up against like decks specifically like Lost Box, they only play like two stadiums. They do have the vacuums now, though, I guess. And then up against like, uh, it'd be really up against Gardvor where you want like the, maybe the four path. But if you go up against like Lugia, you're kind of betting on slowing them down with that initial judge path for at least a turn. Because once they kind of break out of that and use their V-Star, paths don't matter anymore anyways. So the yeah. Guardian matchup specifically, I think is where you'd want the four path. But other matchups, the three seems like reasonable to get away with, to be honest. Um, that was like the biggest thing that I kind of that kind of stood out to me from the list changes as well. And then also, I guess, uh, landing with like kind of the more straightforward build, straightforward build, one less switch card, no pal pad. Um, yeah, I felt a little bit more straightforward overall, but just not not by a whole ton. Um, and then I guess, yeah, yeah, because like Cash had one less research, the Charon's Care was in there. No Charon's Care, I guess, was like a pretty big or a decent takeaway as well. Really good in the Lost Box matchup, but the time to find it and try and make it work correctly is tough. It's like a one of, you know, you're not going to be able to, you don't get to like, cherry pick your cards with this deck right yeah one turn you get to right (laughs) you get one turn to cherry pick any card and maybe that's what cash wanted to do right just have that one turn uh because like lost box i I can feel i feel like you know sharon's care carries the most weight against lost box right um and lost box does not disrupt your hand so if you just need one more piece to it like say say you attached to your arceus and then they cramorant hit your arceus and then next turn you go evolve attach knockout they maybe cram you again they maybe greninja spread some damage they're probably not koing their arceus and if they do it's with a two prize pokemon which you can ko with giratina or another arceus potentially with three basic energy on it so then you have the sharon's care in hand yeah lee did pull that playoff against me where i attacked dragonite took out an arceus v and then next turn they went starbirth uh raihan plus starbirth held one card and i was like i know it's sharon's care yeah, I couldn't find my boss or my escape rope to kind of hit something else besides the active Arceus. So yeah, it definitely is like a pretty punishing play into Lost Box for sure. If you can uh, pull it off, because I just had to settle for punching the active. Um, but yeah, congrats to both these winners with their Arctina. And I guess while we're talking about winners, let's just talk about Sao Paulo real quick, which yeah. was won by Felipe Solis playing Lost Box. Um, and pretty similar to the build you guys played, um, did it's have kind of the Drapion in here and a Raihan is kind of the big differences, double boss as well, but overall kind of similar. Did have the Sky Sealstone in addition yeah. for a Sealstone, actually. Yeah, I mean, so the big, uh, the big difference, we've seen that a little bit more. Oh, yeah, no Kyogre like the, as well. Yeah, no Kyogre is like the big, the big difference. And uh, the reason, uh, the reason I like Kyogre is like to, to kind of talk about that. It's like Kyogre just gives you a way better Lugia matchup and Arceus matchup. Like having that extra pressure of like a win condition, you don't need it in either matchup. But uh, if you don't have it, the games can get a lot more linear for the Arceus player or the uh, Lugia player and make it so you need to like, I don't know, kind of get a lot cooking. So the Kyogre covers like those 
big Pokemon with lots of HP matchups. But yeah, Turbo, uh, and that was like most what was was doing pretty well in general. Uh, Turbo, right? It's like the probably the number one played Lost Box build right now. One of the other top four lists from um, Portland was pretty interesting. Um, this one's a little bit more straightforward. Yeah, the Sky Seal Stone making its way in there. It probably just wanted like a more secure Mew matchup. Um, that's like the biggest thing it does. I feel like, of course, you can kind of chase a Lugia V Star against Lugia with your Raikou plus Sky Seal Stone. They do have the double boss in there. That's why you kind of play the double boss when you're combining with Sky Seal Stone. You want that, you know, flexibility to be able to chase stuff down. Um, but yeah, pretty like uh, besides like the Sky Seal Stone, uh, pretty like standard as far as Turbo Let's Go. The Raihan in there, I guess, is uh, uh, not super standard either, but. Yeah, I mean, lost Turbo Lost Box, no surprise that it won. And especially because it, it did beat a Mew in the finals as well, which is a pretty good matchup for uh, for it, especially with the Seal Stone. Yeah, and the Drapion as well, right? Uh, and that's another matchup where Kyogre is really good. So, I mean, I think it makes sense, right? If you're not playing Kyogre, Drapion gets, like, a lot better for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, and we could take a look at the Mewless as well. There's some uh, cool technology in there. This isn't uh, unknown technology, the Pidgeotto Dreepy... Trap your Greninja or Manaphy against Guardi, if they open the Manaphy, of course, and then up against Lugia, trap the Serena, or a Luminion in the active with the Dreepy as well. You do zero damage. Uh, they can't retreat. They don't play ways to attack with those Pokemon, usually. Um, and then you infinite your deck with the Pidgeot V, and you play the Clap Stadium Vacuum in the deck as well to be able to make sure you can sure up your own bench space. So Mew... Um, Showed up in a, a couple. There's two of them in top eight. We only have two of the lists here from the Sao Paulo regional, unfortunately. Not the yeah. other ones aren't uploaded yet. Um, but yeah, Mew showing up, so no real surprise. I am surprised to see them actually play the Dreepy because I feel like most Guardians and Lugias are all playing like an out to the, the Dreepy shenanigans right now. Yeah, Penny was pretty popular overall. Oh gosh, and I just clicked on the Pokestats live of this guy who got second with Mew. Look at this just wave of Gardevoir. <laughs> <laughs> this That's person played against one, two, three, four, five, six Guardi in day or sorry, in five in day one, and then one why, round one of day two. Like that's that why you only crazy. see one in day two because they beat them all in day one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all on the back of Damien here. Shout outs to Damien just shutting down Gardevoir. Literally hit it four rounds in a row. What the heck? Jeez. That'd be annoying. Defeating Gustavo in round eight as well. That would be annoying. And against that many. Yeah, so we don't have uh, um, lists from any more of these players. I mean, we see a lot of the usual, you know, top players, William Asvindo, Yerko Valencia making top four mm -hmm. as well in here, Guardi and Lugia, respectively. Overall, like, I mean, looking at the results of all of these tournaments, one thing we're definitely not seeing is like six of the same deck in top cut, which is kind of great, right? Uh, especially yeah. considering what we've... I guess become used to. I mean, we did see three Lost Box, I guess, from Portland, but There's Lost also Box three is a deck that's Sao always going to be like pretty different. Like all three of the builds are pretty different, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like the Kyogre build, uh, maybe as aggressive of a turbo build as you can get from Gantner from Portland. We obviously don't see the other lists here from the uh, the other players from Sao Paulo, but there were still three Lost Box in top eight from Sao Paulo as well. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, they are so different, right? Like even if one of those could be Sable's art as well, right? And like that's still kind of i think listed as law maybe that is listed differently here on limitless actually i don't even know to be honest so i think it usually check. is yeah okay so maybe that is listed uh different i can check london that's where there's like some sables arts but um yeah i guess it, but they're so the difference the builds are different right like grant was playing the Kyogre build at portland gantner if you want to pull up gantner's list right now it's a pretty interesting list mm -hmm. um gantner was playing like the turbo 
turbo like this is as turbo as it gets now comfy and sable are what are the the sprites you can't really tell who's playing sables are and who's not um but yeah this is like as turbo as you get i think right like triple vacuum ultra ball in luminian and luminian is something we haven't seen for a while in lost box builds and was always kind of questionable um i feel like it's more questionable now because you don't have quick ball and you have to play ultra ball which if you don't know this if you get judged and you're playing lost box the last thing you want to see is an ultra ball to have to go find a basic pokemon <laughs> so. yeah and then also like discard probably two pretty important yeah, things yeah. from your hand <laughs> as well it's a little tough but yeah i mean we saw ultra ball a little bit at the end of last format but it was in versions of the deck that were playing evolutions like aerodactyl v-star right like they yeah yeah that's to find definitely their, different their their evolution pokemon so yeah this is definitely a unique build and even uh <laughs> the graphic that went up on the stream as well showed um for the top eight decks it showed that andrew was playing the, the two cards that showed for the graphic it was like comfey ultra ball so like that was the card he picked as his card to go up on streams the thing yeah. that made his deck unique i guess I'm also actually, does have the one rock sand in here as well uh a mirror most tech. likely for a mirror tech yeah instead yeah. of having something like halucha which is what a lot of people tend to go with it feels like and that might be one of the reasons for luminian to be honest because it is such a good it actually is pretty good in mirror because you can get it back into the deck of course that's a turn you're maybe not using sableye so you'd want to do it like turn two like if you go first to do it turn two and shuffle it back to the deck immediately after you find your colors with it. But yeah, I'm not sure I like that whole ultra like playing ultra ball in there just sounds so bad. <laughs> like if Nestball could find the minion and then you could use the ability, that sounds good. Like I even uh <laughs> I was sitting next to Gantner one round and uh they used Ultra Ball and I looked over at them and I was like, that doesn't seem very efficient. <laughs> it's like it's just like that's so costly in a lost box deck. Yeah, um, but yeah, they they killed it. Yeah, super turbo. Like I said, actually, you mentioning that, um, and other people did it too. Like the Landon's graphic was Arceus and Squavettes, right, um, and stuff like that. So it's like it's kind of funny, it's kind of a meme, but I mean, to be honest, you guys got the caches back there. You guys can figure it out. I actually think it's like bad for like newer players to like see the decks image like that. I get it. I agree. It's like kind of like a joke. And you got the caches back there. You don't need to ask the players what the best card, like what cards they want there to showcase off the showcase off in their deck because. Lugia is Lugia, Lugia and Archeops. Maybe you'd put like the single strike Urshifu for uh, what Reagan played, right? Because Reagan had the single strike Urshifu. Maybe you would do that um, yeah. to like specify that build. Sablezard is just Sableye and Charizard. Lost Box is Comfy and Greninja. Like, I think it's better for like, you know, people who are trying to, and I feel like that's like a big part of the streams as well. It's like you want people who are not into Pokemon, don't know about the game very well, to be able to digest it more easily. Um, so like the. <clears throat> This graphic was honestly just a bit of a mess as well. There's like is that the wrong the, Flaffy? The wrong Flaffy. Duraladon <laughs> yeah, like, is not so spelled right. <laughs> um, so yeah, like yeah, these are bad. Like the Ultra Ball, like obviously shouldn't be there. Squabat shouldn't be there. The only thing that you could like maybe argue is like Archeops should be something. But yeah, I feel like just like for people that are be able to digest the you know digest the stream a little bit better, they should put like you know like Shamansky should be a probably a Kyogre instead of the Cram. You can maybe argue the Moltres, but. You know, make it more easy to digest for like newer players and stuff. So just like, look at if you're gonna ask the players what they want as their cards, this is what you're gonna get. Um, so I don't put it on the players themselves. They're trying to just uh, have fun with it. Um, production staff, you got some casters back there. If they don't know how Pokemon works, you should fire them and get some new ones. Um, but they do, so you should just ask them what cards to put for the decks on the stream graphics. It's not too hard. You can figure it out. I believe in you. I think. Um, but yeah, a little rant there on the production side of things for the pokemon stream yeah no comments all right um 
we can look at the rest of yeah we haven't talked about reagan's deck yet <laughs> yeah we can go there next actually yeah. i thought i saw i thought reagan was playing it but apparently it wasn't reagan but someone was playing a basic water in their lugia deck which i thought was pretty cool i thought it was reagan um because i had next to reagan a ton of time like i sat next to reagan like a million times throughout the day maybe it's um, one of his opponents one round yeah maybe yeah but someone was playing a basic water energy which i which i had thought of uh which i had thought of i was like well you get to get lumina out of there finding it it sounds impossible though but if you do find it, all of a sudden you can like remove a huge win condition from your side of the field of your opponent chasing your Luminion. Um, of course, Collapse Stadium does that as well, so it's kind of like feels a little conflicting. Maybe maybe just play more Collapse Stadium. Yeah, collapsed seems like the better answer. Reagan did also have another answer in here with that Penny being an option yeah. as well, getting Luminion or Serena or Pumpkaboo out of there. Yo, you could double necessary. Serena with Penny. I didn't even think of that until I just looked at this right now. Eight? Mega healing. That's a lot of healing right there. <laughs> <laughs> but there's no good spread decks in the format that would really get them <clears throat> yeah. yeah penny's cool like we were talking about with the penny right like a lot of people had the pennies and stuff so like the the whole dreepy pidgeot obviously it worked out good enough for a second place over in uh sao paulo i wonder how much times they actually use it to actually win games but yeah it seemed like almost everyone every every guardy and lugia that i played against i'm pretty sure had a tech card like they had they they had a way to beat mawile um i'm pretty sure so More Reagan things. did play the Urshifu VMAX. We talked about it a little bit last week, Duraludon versus Urshifu, and yep. Reagan ended up going with the Urshifu. Um, it's kind of like a meta call type thing. Maybe if Duraludon's going to be less popular, Urshifu's like a little... What, what was it you said? Is like if Duraludon's a little less popular, Urshifu's a little better, right? No, Duraludon. Duraludon's better. Like if Duraludon. Duraludon's popular, you want Urshifu, but if Duraludon's yeah. not popular, okay. you want Duraludon. Because Duraldon's a more powerful way to play it, I think. It's more consistent around, like, abusing your big attacker. Because basically, Duraldon one-hit KOs all the stuff that you'd want to one-hit KO with Urshifu. But your energy stays on your Duraldon, and you don't need to go find your urns and stuff. So there's, like, a chance that when yeah. you pull off your big attack with your Urshifu, they just punch you, and then you go, uh, okay, pass, right? Or something like that. So, but with Duraldon, you get to go one-hit KO, and then it just attacks again, for, like, for free, right? So Urshifu, you just need if there's a lot of Duraldon in the format. Um, I feel like that gives you the edge because otherwise you're going kind of head to head Duraldon versus Duraldon. It's kind of just who gets boss first. Um, but with uh, with your Urshifu, you can kind of always get through there Duraldon at least once. Which is sure. nice, so. so Regan anticipating Lugias to probably have Duraldon, especially after EUIC, where two Lugias made top eight, both with Duraldon. Um, and then maybe also respecting Arc Duraldon, which was still like a pretty popular deck. And speaking of which, one of those in top eight as well. And this is a pretty interesting yeah. build. Nathan Strafford's with Arceus Duraludon, Umbreon VMAX. So <laughs> this is a VMAX coming. card we have not seen in a while. It's got 310 HP, and it just, for a dark and two colorless, does 160, and it has a really strong ability, Dark Signal. When you play it from your hand to evolve one of your Pokemon during your turn, you may switch one of your opponent's benched Pokemon with their active. So upon evolution, giving you a little bit of a gust option, pretty strong yeah this is kind of a wacky deck honestly uh more i've yeah. looked at it there's just so many unique one-ofs <laughs> there's three adventurers discovery in here there's a halucha with no way for you to spread your own damage so yeah talk to us about what your thoughts were on this yeah or maybe I what played... your thoughts were as you like heard about it at the tournament well actually i played against nathan um okay. and i don't know um yeah, yeah so i played against nathan and I'd say the matchup was pretty close, actually. I thought I was going to get destroyed because, like, they got a lot of city. And they have Alakazam Halucha, which is really good when your best attacker is Dragonite and you yeah. spread some damage on your Comfies. Um, and, yeah, 
so that's like what the whole Alakazam Halucha thing is there for. So take it so like, oh well, Lost Boxes, best attacker, Dragonite. Um, how do you deal with that? Um, or how do you even like take advantage of that and get ahead? And Alakazam being able to like, you know, if you spread you've got like four Pokemon on your bench when you attack with Dragonite, which you probably usually do, maybe five. Uh, it's a lot of damage to play for Alakazam to work with over a couple turns. It's not quite fast enough by itself, though, I don't think, the Alakazam. So you got the Halucha in there to speed things up a little bit towards the end game to get ahead in the prize exchange. Um, and then it helps you even, like, if they get, like, a turn one Dragonite or going first turn two Dragonite, you could even, like, pull off a choice-belted Arceus plus Alakazam play to get the KO on the Dragonite as well. Um, and, you, you know, you got Starbirth, so you can find cards pretty reasonably uh, for at least one big combo. And... Lost Box doesn't play any hand disruption, right? So you can kind of build up towards it and kind of know it's guaranteed on that following turn. So it's really cool for the Lost Box matchup. The Umbreon in general is really good against the Guardi matchup. Be able to aggressively chase down Guardi EXs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the next the, the next cool overall. And then obviously you have it also lets you like kind of chase down uh, if you go up against like uh, a Lugia build that has Duraludon or Urshifu with the Umbreon in there, you get to more aggressively kind of chase stuff down. And then you have the Volo in there, which can kind of fix your bench. So that way the Lugia player can't just kind of return chase stuff off your bench and ignore your Duraludon. Um, so yeah, it's a really cool build of an Arceus deck. I don't know if this is better or maybe something more like just like Arctura. Probably not with the Vulpix, but maybe with something else moving forward. Shamansky actually tweeted out a really cool uh, updated build on what they use to win. Uh, EUIC. Uh, and then we also saw LeBoy go 10 0 to start off with, with literally like Shemansky's almost exact 60 from EUIC. I think there was a couple cards changed, but it was pretty close. So that deck still seems uh, pretty good as well. So Arc Dura, Arc in general, seems like it's in a good spot for sure. Yeah. I mean, it feels like this is going to be the deck. Like you said, you don't know if Umbreon's the best thing to pair with it, but I feel like we're going to see Arc Dura plus something, something. at almost yeah. every tournament, right? And even looking at. Um, a little sneak peek to was it in Japan that um, I think it was in Japan, which is next format. Our top four deck was Arctina. Uh, I guess this is different because it's Arctina, not Art Gudra, but Arctina. But it had the flying Pikachu V Max in there, so like I don't know, it's just Arceus plus friends yeah. is like the strat, and it's not a bad strat. Arce- I mean, it's just showing Arceus. One of the most versatile cards in the entire format, right? Such powerful ability, such powerful attack. And when you can accelerate three energy of any type out of the deck, you get to do cool things like this. Another card I wanted to mention in here is the One Karen's Conviction, which (laughs) is a single strike card. And it says that during your turn, your single strike Pokemon do 20 more damage to your opponent's active Pokemon for each prize card your opponent has taken. So the idea I am assuming with Karen is that once your opponent who is playing a Hisuian Gudra V-Star has taken three prize cards, you send up Duraludon, you play Karens, and you one-hit KO their Gudra without having to think twice. Yeah, that's got to be one of the value, uh, the reasons for it. I talked to Nathan and uh, Makani, actually. This is what Makani played as well. Um, <clears throat> At the tournament a little bit. They said they, they had a they, they, they mentioned another reason that they liked the Karen's conviction. But yeah, obviously, yeah, works with the Gudra really well. Oh, I think it was like to like you can need like one hit KO other people's Duraludons or like single strike Urshifu oh, as sure. well. Like you have yeah, all those kind of options HP as well. Things. Yeah. So if other big things get set up, you have a way to kind of answer them if you want. Um so yeah, it just gives you like it's a little bit more flexibility with your Duraludon's damage. Um yeah, the deck's really cool. I think, yeah, like moving forward. Is it going to be exactly like this? I don't know, but this was pretty good. This this like seemed pretty good after playing up against it. Like the deck, Adventures Discovery is like pretty smooth in the deck as well. Kind of gets everything you want set up pretty aggressively. 
Um, so that's kind of cool as well. Like as long as you have Arceus V plus energy, Adventures Discovery literally gets you like everything else like set up for your your future turn. So I don't know. Yeah, the, so the, the Umbreon and stuff feels pretty good for sure. Um, from what I saw, I did kind of want to ask your thoughts about the Adventures Discovery good. because it's always interesting to me whenever someone is choosing to play a search card over a draw card, right? So to research in this deck, the a common you know thought in most formats for the past like. 10 years of the game has pretty much been why would I play a supporter to go do something that an item card can do that I can draw off of a professor's research, right? Like I just want to see more cards. I want to get through my deck. I want to advance my board state. What makes this deck like a little different? Uh, I think the, the question, the answer to the question is always just like, what is most consistent? Um, and I feel like this is like having the adventure. Cause like the getting your drought on set up, turn two, getting your Umbreon set up, turn two, like, those like big power plays are like so impactful that all you really care about is finding the V Pokemon, right? Cause it also finds your Arceus V star as well. Like if you get down Arceus V yeah. attach pass next turn, adventure discovery, V star, maybe you nest well for the Umbreon. Now you do the Umbreon plus Arceus play or get your route on set up immediately. It just like more consistently gets your Pokemon set up to where they need to be. So you don't have to worry about them getting picked off uh, too aggressively or not being able to utilize them before your opponent, um, before you can before you can take advantage of them so i don't know it's just all about setting up your pokemon from to the big pokemon as soon as possible it feels like um, and it combos really well with umbreon as well right because you can go adventure discovery and then that becomes your gust for turn instead of actually yeah. having to play a, a boss which is like pretty cool um so yeah just like i don't know i'd have to like play with it a little bit more i didn't play with it at all right so i have to play with it a little bit but like from what i saw and uh like i said i played up against nathan uh and like paid attention to a couple of other nathan's games as they were playing because they were pretty close to me most of the tournament like the deck just seemed to function pretty well um for sure um so one thing i did want to mention as well i mean we're talking mostly about portland here we've talked about the other tournaments too but we're talking mostly about portland because that's what was streamed that's what we kind of had our eyes on uh but there was also i mean it was the only tournament of the weekend that had one of these in top cut and that is maridon so this is even though Arctina kind of won maybe seemingly out of nowhere, I think this has to be the biggest surprise of the weekend, seeing not only just that it's Maridon in Top Cut, but the fact that it's this build of Maridon. Maridon, Flaffy, Magnazone. No Regieleki, nothing like that. Um, yeah, it's got the Raichu in there, Raikou V as well. So, uh, And three Arvin, four Serena. Like, this supporter lineup is just absolutely wild. We've got... All kinds of different <laughs> tools to get with your Arvin. What were your thoughts here on this one, Azul? I mean, like everyone knows I'm not a huge fan of Ryan. I think it's terrible. My biggest thing is like I don't in this meta it just doesn't feel great. And like one did get top eight. We did see one top eight EUIC. Um I don't know if any of them did very well in Singapore. There's no top eights in Sao Paulo from the, the Maridon. I mean, it's like not the thing is just like, it's just not that unreasonable for I still don't think Maridon's very good. This list doesn't really change anything. It wasn't anything revolutionary enough for me to look at it and be like, oh, that just makes this thing broken. Um, I guess if Maridon Magnuson got popular enough, um, all you would see is like Lost on Dex add a second mana fee. And then you would just like, like even though even with the Magnuson, I don't even know how favored you are. If that even makes you favored against Lost Box, I don't think it does. Um, but if it ever got to the point where Maridon got too popular, they just put second mana fee in. And then now you just like still go, you go from maybe having a chance against Lost Box to still like auto losing. Um, and I feel like your other matchups, this deck, like Maridon's other matchups aren't solved either like i feel like you still struggle against the lugia and like the um what's the other one? Oh, guardy like yeah i feel like those are still struggle matchups those are like all struggle matches for maridon so them getting there is cool i think maridon is cool but yeah i just like it just it's it's not even a huge surprise for me that i got top eight um 
But uh, what was I gonna say? Uh, yeah, I'm still not. I'm still not sold on Maridon. So the, another top eight from Maridon doesn't sell me yet. Um, but it's a cool deck for sure. Yeah, you say you're not surprised to see it make top eight. But in our predictions last week, you did predict highest placing Maridon would be top sixty four. <laughs> yeah. So Azul from last week is probably surprised. Azul from this week less so though. No, I wouldn't even be surprised. Pokemon like a deck like like this is what I would consider like a tier three deck, maybe tier four sure. if I had to like redo a deck list. But I'm, that's like those decks making top eight in Pokemon is like not that. There's so many variants that happen throughout the whole tournament run um, that any deck making top eight. I mean, it would have to be like a really bad deck to make top eight. Actually, the, <laughs> like I've mentioned, I think the worst deck that's ever won a tournament is definitely because I talked about this. I don't know why 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 this is coming to my mind right now. I talked about somebody. The worst deck to ever win a tournament and this one Worlds uh, was the Beedrill deck that deck sucks <laughs> every time i go back and play 2010 and play that deck i'm like it can't be that bad it won worlds and then i play it again i'm like it's that bad <laughs> so if Beedrill can win 20 uh 2009 worlds um then right on getting top eight nothing can be a surprise if, i just bought Beedrill. this deck i just literally just bought the 2009 worlds <laughs> Beedrill deck at charlotte regionals so yeah, if that can win Worlds, then Maridon getting top eight is nothing, to be honest. Um, but yeah, cool build. Shout out to Anthony Perez for the top eight. Um, and uh, yeah, I would love to see more Maridons in top eight from here on out. I hope I am wrong. See, this is the kind of situation where like, I hope I'm wrong because I want more decks, cool decks, strong decks to be viable in the meta. So I'm down for Maridon to actually be a top deck and for me to be sleeping on it for sure. Um, so we yeah, did some that, predictions. Uh... Oh, go, oh ahead. go ahead. If you want to hit the predictions. I was just going to mention there's also a Mew in top eight the list isn't here for the mew from portland uh i did play against austin drake on the winning in that's who i lost so i lost to austin um they had the penny is the only thing crazy that i remember everything else was pretty vanilla uh and then i guess we could talk about just the last thing we could mention was shamansky's lost box we had three different lost box builds in top eight uh grant was playing turbo kyogre gantner was playing turbo turbo and then shamansky was playing not as turbo but still had kyogre and this is basically the uh the moffat build i think we can pretty uh pretty easily give a shout out to Nick Moffat for this for the this build. This is what they basically played at UIC. I think the only difference that I see here is there's a boss's orders where Nick played no boss at uh UIC. Um and yeah, it's like very one price focused, heavy hitting options with the the Snorlax and the Moltres and the Kyogre. So you got a couple different options for heavy hitters. Uh and the biggest like thing with this compared to other Lost Box builds is there's no battle VIP pass. Yeah. Um, which I can definitely see being pretty good. It, for the sake of trying to get the Kyogre off in the late game, because as you go throughout the game, you can't play Battle VIP passes, which means they don't get thinned out of your deck, which means when you get Roxanne or Judged in the mid or late game, there's a pretty high chance that you draw into more Battle VIP passes. <clears throat> but if you can play your level balls and your Fog Crystals instead of drawing to Battle VIP passes and not being able to play those, then you won't see them later on. So it's kind of like the one benefit of not yeah. playing Battle VIP pass in Lost Box. But I don't know if it's worth the trade-off of not being as, as aggressive on turn one. You definitely... Your turn one crams definitely struggle if you don't get those battle VIP passes sometimes. Yeah, having no way to get rid of the VIP pass makes things pretty, pretty ugly. And maybe that's why another reason no guru, hey, the, the, the Ultra Balls in your Lost Box, right? Like, get rid of your VIP <laughs> I pass. I think Gander was going so fast, it didn't matter. <laughs> like, yeah, sure, sure. Gander was cruising. But yeah, that it made me miss Guru for sure. The amount of times I would draw yeah. the battle VIP pass later. Like, the amount of times, like, yeah, you'd Guru, the, the battle VIP pass on top. Thin it out. So when you get Judge and Roxanne or I guess back then Marnie throughout the game, just way less of a chance of seeing them anymore. Don't have to worry about them. But now you do. Now you do. Miss the guru. <clears throat> I was kind so of yeah, calling. Let's uh, hit our hit our predictions was, from last week. 
I was calling Squabat the new guru. Like when you primate wisdom, like you're like, <laughs> I'm missing my piece for, I'm missing my Lugia V star. Primate wisdom. Okay, there it is. Uh, apparently, oh, Squabat can't do that for Lost Box. Squabat <laughs> can't quite fix that problem that Lost Box has. But for other decks, it is kind of the new primate wisdom, it feels like for sure. So, Squabat. yeah, let's hit those predictions then from last week. So we talked about what we both thought the most played deck day one would be you predicted lost box i predicted guardy and close boy was right but only by six players six players (laughs) made the difference between lost box being most played and guardy being most played also gardevoir you can't see it because azul's face is in the way but yeah there you go gardevoir is spelled wrong on here as well it says (laughs) gardevoir <laughs> so that's oh, a tough funny. one right there it was close um, though i think it was a pretty easy prediction to guess those would be the top two right that was the easy prediction yeah a little bit harder to guess that 0.5 and then in day mm-hmm. two you well, predicted let's, let's uh oh Mew yeah we had to go be ahead. the most popular i predicted guardy would hold strong and we were both pretty wrong you pl- stayed the same so went from 11 percent to 13 percent in day two Guardy dropped pretty heavy though, down to two, and Lost Box shot way up. Um, and then Lugia also having a really solid conversion rate going from eleven yeah. to sixteen. What are your takeaways here on this one, Azul? Uh Lost Box usually has a negative conversion rate, right? They usually have less percentage in day two than day one. So that's interesting. They've been even a couple times as well. So that's interesting for sure. Uh, a lot of good players did choose to play Lost Box, though. A lot of good players chose to play Lost Box. A lot of Lost Box towards the top tables and the win-ins and win-ins and stuff like that. Uh, Lugia, not really a big surprise. Guardi falling off, of course, if Lost Box is doing that well. Uh, something has to suffer, and usually the thing that's suffering is the most popular Day 2 decks, good matchups, which is Guardi in this case. Um, and then we see Maridon uh, predictably leaves the Day 1 to Day 2 uh, meta usage. And we see the Artina, of course, is uh, rising up pretty well in from day one to day two uh it gets in there at six percent over the uh because guju was the same as well right from day one yeah so like yeah. right on leaves arctina comes in uh no real surprise lugia getting a bump like lugia's a good deck a lot of people like it uh mew kind of staying around the same right lugia we're never gonna see mew like go from 11 to 20 probably it's pretty bad prediction for me to guess mew and you know it's popular <laughs> deck and i don't know what i was thinking to be honest thinking about it mew literally sits in the the 10 to like 12% range. It got to the, up to the 13 in the day two on this one, but it is where you too, thrive. Too shocking, right? Yeah, nothing, nothing too crazy in this for sure. Other predictions were highest placing ride on. We already talked about Azul predicted top 64. <laughs> I hit it with the top 32 and it surpassed both of us. Getting all the I wonder way where, the, top where the next one landed though. When I heard there was a Maraidon on a table one, I was like, what? <laughs> it was like it was like the round before the last round. I was like, how did that happen? <laughs> how is there a Maraidon up here? Because uh, I didn't see, I hadn't seen what, like, I had seen what mo- pretty much everyone was playing as they made their way up toward the top tables. Because I was kind of there the whole time because I came in at 7 2 and won my first round. So I was like up towards the top tables. Yeah, 7 0 7 2. What happened there, buddy? Um, Italy made a misplay. I don't think it ma- would have mattered in that one. And then lost to Nick Stewart with Artina. That one was a little tilting because. <laughs> I just couldn't, I couldn't get the two games I lost. I couldn't get anything going. Like everything that could go wrong with your loss box, like went wrong. Like I think one, at one point in game one, I was like, um, okay, so if I don't Greninja into like both energy here or game two, whatever one I lost, the first one I lost, if I don't Greninja into like two energy here or something like that, uh, then I can, or, or quote, Comfy or something. And then I like Comfy to Greninja into two energy. I was like, okay, well, now I can't attack this turn. <laughs> so that sucks. Like little things like that. Like, yeah. 
had a couple of those matches where I felt like that. Um, just but a couple of lost box things. Yeah, a couple of the matches as well where I definitely could have played a little bit better and could have pushed a little bit harder for for some wins potentially. So, you know, not all on the luck of the draw this time around. Definitely could have played better. Um, definitely, definitely, definitely. What were you talking about? I was gonna have a, I had another comment I was gonna make. Um, no control in top eight. And then you asked me about what you asked me about. Oh, seven seven zero to seven two. Yeah, yeah, seven zero to seven two. <laughs> I pulled yeah, it yeah. back after that though in day two for the first couple of rounds. Of course. But yeah. yeah, the Marina. I don't know how the Marina slipped by me, bro. When I heard that, I was like, "What the heck? Where did they come from?" Because I've been, like I said, I was up there at the top tables the whole day. I didn't see them. Um, the one big. thing I was gonna mention though, uh, the Guardi matchup for Lost Box is way better than I thought it was, bro. Uh, Tord got away with it at EUIC for sure. I think Tord only played against one lost box and did beat him, but I had not really played the matchup that much at all. Uh, but after playing it this weekend, I had people like checkmate it on like turn three, it felt like. Like I just had double Sable Iron play with psychic energies each, and I was like, you can't win. Uh, yeah, that's the way it felt. Um, I had one really close set where Kyogre made a comeback for me. Um, yeah, I like one race that where Kyogre made a comeback for me. But yeah, I played against... How many guards did I play against? Five. Five, yeah. Yeah, man. I Like, literally, that matchup is so good. Like, I I don't think Guardi can be played anymore, to be honest. Like, if you're playing Guardi now, you either have to commit to, like, the Klefki Mewtwo V Union stuff or just commit to going 4-4 at uh, future regionals from here. You either have to, you have to commit to, like, the... T- I didn't know the matchup was that good until I played it this much. Um, so yeah, you either well, to be fair, to the, most lost box players or... are not Azul Garcia Griego, right? Like it's so bad. <laughs> like I did, I didn't, I never really like. I didn't play like I played very few games of like Turbo Lost Box up against Guardi. Uh, then more, I didn't even play like I, whenever I play Lost Box, I feel like I'm on PTC Live. I feel like I never hit Guardies. Maybe, maybe that's it. I don't know. But after playing it through on this tournament, bro, I was like checkmating him on like turn three, turn four. I was like, this is just cooked. We've been um, on this section for a while, so we do want to. I do want to move on, but one thing I right, do just want to mention is well, you're talking about guardy zero guardian top eight you yeah. know the most zero. popular deck day one probably pegged as the deck to beat coming into the tournament zero in top eight of portland um one in top eight of sao paulo was one in top eight of sao paulo yeah so overall just kind of like a middling performance like a, a bad performance i guess you'd even say of uh of um... on the weekend what what leads to this I mean, it's just Lost Box is actually that good against it, right? Yeah. I think there was like, there was, Guardi was overhyped leaving the UIC because of how well Tor did with it. Even there I thought it was better. two in top eight of the Singapore regionals. Okay, yeah. Even I thought it was better than it was, I think. Um, that's because I didn't really know that the matchup against Lost Box was this bad. Um, yeah, and it's it's bad. Like, if you're not if you're not doing the Klefki Mewtwo V Union stuff, both of them, or at least one of them, and even if you do just clef keys, eventually you have to like break the lock if you don't play Hatterini V, then you just have two little schmucks on the bench waiting to get Sableye. <laughs> like, yeah, I just wouldn't play Guardi. <laughs> you either have to commit to the text and then all your matchup spread across the board goes down. Um, yeah, you either have to commit to the text or your matchup across the board goes down or just don't, you just expect a 4-4 because the Lost Box matchup is horrendous. Um, so yeah, I think that's it. I think that's literally the reason. And if people switch over to like the the build that Shemansky played with like the Moltres if that gets more popular mm-hmm. I think that is the worst uh matchup for the Guardi deck because the Snorlax is really good against Guardi because you can hit heavy without using a two prizer uh and then the Moltres would eat up Mewtwo being in potential or something like that you could have an option against it so yeah you gotta tech or don't play the deck I think that's why I think that's why it did support these because like the Lost Box matchup is actually just truly awful for for Guardi 
yeah. people were on like the the turbo tour build as well right there was not that many people we saw aiden uh coos and uh grant shen playing the mutv union klefki builds but they got i think they had a tough time going up against the arceuses the arceus tinas were tough for them yeah like i mean like you're talking about like they're leaning more into the lost box matchup but losing points in the other matchups yeah you lose a lot of points goes down for sure yeah so a lot to still discuss with this format and we'll see kind of how things develop we'll talk a lot next week about the hartford regional championships which are just two weekends away um and we'll see how the meta develops moving into that one but now before we get into guess that flavor text we'll take a moment to thank our sponsor dragon shield so of course a huge thanks to dragon shield for being a sponsor of the uncommon energy podcast dragon shield makes some of the best card gaming and tabletop gaming products and accessories on the market including sleeves binders deck boxes and much, much more. Azul, I assume you're rocking some Dragon Shields this weekend. What color you go with? Yeah, so I actually, I'm a big, no, no one has to take my advice. I'm a big re-sleever. So <laughs> day one to Azul day two. Azul is very particular about his sleeves. I see him between every single round. Well, I don't have a deck <laughs> here, but I see him between every single round, like analyzing all sides, making sure there's not even a tiny little nick somewhere that he can <laughs> replace the sleeve. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Yeah, so I resleeved. I did three resleeves this event, or two, I guess, because you initially start with sleeves. I was using the matte blues, which are all right, but one I've become like a color I've become a big fan of is actually the tangerines. I'm a big fan of the the, the matte tangerines, and I also had a. Uh, I also used a pack of. Uh, oh no, I didn't. I think I only did resleeve twice. Since. The matte blues and the tangerines. I had. Uh, a, I did bring a set of the blood reds on me just in case. If I if I made top cut, I would have resleeved again, but I didn't make top cut. So. Just the tangerines and the matte blues this time. Matte blues, it's blue. Tangerine, though, that is a pretty sick color. So that's one I definitely heavily recommend um, you guys check out. And if you just want to pick up any of the Dragon Shield products, want to get a huge shout out to them, you can check them out over at dragonshield.com slash web shop slash US in the US or slash EU if you're not in the US. Um, and then also, of course, they're pretty much available at like any local card shops or like big box retailers. So, you know, stuff like Walmart and stuff, I think even have them these days. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can pretty much get them anywhere. Amazon, whatever. You can find them. Dragon Shield sleeves. Best, she- best sleeves in the business. Um, that's why you can find them everywhere. So be sure to go check them out. And with that, Azul, it is time to move on to everyone's favorite segment of the podcast. Guess that flavor text where each week azul or i will pick a card read the flavor text and have the other host try to guess which pokemon that card comes from there are a couple of uh, options here so if you get it if you guess the pokemon correctly without using any of your four lifelines <laughs> you uh get four points and there are f- three lifelines you can use they are what set the card is from what stage the card is and read an attack name it is my turn to pick, and I am currently picking because I forgot to pick right before. Oh, we, we talked started. about this before. <laughs> we did, we did, but I found a good one. I found a good one. Now it's gonna be super hard. Nope, it's a All it's right. it's a good one. So yeah, I've got okay. it picked out. It's Azul's turn to guess. I'm ahead four points right now. So Azul's got some catching up to do. We'll see if he can do it this week. Are you ready, Azul? I'm ready. Maybe with it. All right. It does its level best to glare and pull a scary face, but it can't help but it can't help grinning if anyone pats its head. I'm going to read that one more time because I kind of butchered it, but it does its level best to glare and pull a scary face, 
but it can't help grinning if anyone pats its head. Okay, so I think I know what card this is, um, but I don't know the name. Uh, and of course, this is where I kind of get stumped sometimes. Oh my it's, gosh. I'm pretty sure it's the basic of uh, Houndstone EX or whatever. The, the, the psychic dog, the new psychic dog. Um, I'm pretty sure that it's its basic because um, it pats its head. So it's definitely like a dog Pokemon. And then it is like, supposed to be like a spooky Pokemon, um, something like that. So I, I don't know the name. So <laughs> I don't know if I'm actually going to be able to get this one, even though I know what Pokemon is, I think. But um, I would probably, because I don't think it would ever be the evolution if it's like that cuddly or whatever. Um, is it an evolution Pokemon? It is a stage one, right? Maybe it's not a stage one. Is it just a basic Pokemon? I, I don't know I don't what I should do in All this right. situation. Should I help what out Azul stage? and tell him what the name of the... Because he clearly knows what Pokemon he wants to say. But, like, <laughs> should I tell him what the name of the Pokemon is? What like, stage is the card? It is a basic. See, now, that's the card. I would guess the Pokemon. But I don't remember the name of the Pokemon. It's called... It's Houndstone or something yes. like that. Dude, that's one way to try to remember any of these Pokemon is that, like... Almost all of their names are puns. Like almost all of them are puns. Yeah. Um how well how is Houndstone a pun? Well, it's like a hound that has a headstone. Houndstone. Yeah, houndstone. So pupstone. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite a hound yet, so I got pupstone. Um oh man. Um houndstone. Dude, I just don't remember. What if, like, what if in these situations you get to like take one more point away, but then I just like we both just know what Pokemon it. I'm talking about, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, we could even go down to one point to be honest. To like, because I, I I just don't know the name of the Pokemon, but I know what Pokemon you're talking about. Let me the... give me one more second. Houndstone, um, graveyard Pokemon, Tombstone, Houndtomb. No, say that I... one word again with the G. Right, graveyard. It sounds familiar, but I don't. I still don't know what the name is. Grave pup, pup grave, dog grave, grave dog, grave hound, hound grave. See, I just, I still don't have it. So what is it? I don't fully remember what it looks like either. To be honest, I can't like, I can't. If I show you a, can I show him a picture of it? What about that? <laughs> show me a picture and see if that helps at all. Shift <laughs> really wants to help me out here. You're gonna see the know. name in the link though. Um. Oh, I didn't look at the link. I'm not looking at the link, but I see it. It's got a candle. On its head. I still don't know. <laughs> Gravehound? Oh, you're close. I mean, is this what you want to guess? Yes. Okay. The Pokemon's name is Grievard. What? Oh, yeah, Grievard. Grievard. Yeah, is that yeah. the right one? Uh, no, the, the Pokemon is Pancham. <laughs> uh, what the? Dude, I was like pretty confident on that one to be honest. I was like, scary new Pokemon. I never would have guessed Pancham. What? Bro, if you asked what set it was from, you would have known instantly. Because it's not from Scarlet Violet Base set. I know it wouldn't have been that, but I wouldn't have been able to guess what Pokemon it is. Bro, it's a little Pancham. He just wants a little he's happy to get pompous a little pat on punch, the head. Punch, bro. It'd be like basic breakthrough pompous punch. Here's what happened. We get to guess that flavor text. Chip panic realizes he has not picked a card yet. So this is what one of my go-tos is. Little insight for anyone on guess the flavor text. I on pkmncards.com, I click the little question mark symbol up in the top right corner and it just 
spawns a page of totally random cards. So I just scrolled yeah. through, picked one, something that wasn't totally obvious, and I just rolled with it. And I told you it was gonna be a hard one. Yeah, we so that's, that's a kind of a hack for anyone out there because like, people have told me before that they like, they do it on like road trips when they're driving yeah, to like, sure. regionals and stuff that they'll play guess that flavor text. Um, <clears throat> so if you need a, if you need to find cards to be able to do that, you know, use the little gammoncards.com, press the question marks because you random Pokemon cards, and then you can uh, pick one of the flavor texts. Yeah, yeah, I do that sometimes too. Sometimes I like see one throughout the week um, that has like a cool flavor text, or sometimes like some people will message me them or tell me about them at regional sometimes, and I'll use some of those. Or sometimes, yeah, we'll go to the question marks as well. But uh, yeah, no points for me this week because Chip picked a really hard one that no one ever would have gotten. There's no way anyone got that. Should have been Grieveyard. Or what's it? What's the Pokemon's name? <laughs> He's already Grieve. forgot it. It's Grievard. Grievard. That's so stupid. <laughs> Is like Vard a kind of dog or something? Like. Yeah, I guess Where are we so. going there? Like a uh, uh, Bernard, St. Bernard, Grievard. Whatever. All right, let's move on. we got a couple other things to talk about. Some more results, but this is in the new format. Not quite our format yet. Uh, we only have four deck lists and decks to take a look at. We already mentioned the Arctina that got fourth place. Uh, congrats to them. One thing I was surprised in the Arctina list, though, I'll mention though, only one Iono. I thought there'd be a couple more. Only one. Interesting. Really good late game comeback card. Still opting for the heavier early disruption of the Judge. Yeah. Uh, and then there was the Flying Pikachu in there as well. Yeah, the Flying Pikachu is kind of interesting. I actually remember at the very start of this format, I was watching LDF stream, and he was playing an Arceus Tina Flying Pikachu deck. And I remember watching him play that and being like, that seems pretty decent, to be honest. Like, it's it's got your answers for the Lost Box with the Flying Pikachu, and Tina just, like, KOs everything else in the format, right? So, yeah, uh, yeah I think this deck is pretty interesting. We got a couple catcher Capturing Aroma in here in, in lieu of maybe two Trekking Shoes, right? Um, and then two copies of Sharon's Care, which is more than what we've seen from some of those other lists from this weekend. The energy split does get a little weird with having to play the lightnings, but you just cut one grass, one psychic for two lightnings. Yeah, but it doesn't hurt the, too much because you should have plenty of that. The uh, the tournament was won, however, and it also got second place by Gardevoir EX. Um, and both of these decks made use of pretty, they were overall pretty similar lists. Um, but they both made use of two pretty key new cards that we'll be getting in Paldea Evolved. And it has a lot of people pretty excited. So we wanted to talk about this. And that's the four copies of Iono and then also one copy of Reversal Energy. So, I mean, we talked about it for a long time. Azul Pokemon told us they were giving us comeback mechanics. We finally get them in this second Sword and Shield, or sorry, Scarlet and Violet set. And then wins the first major tournament in Japan comebacks are yeah. they a thing i mean iono is like pretty big i think iono might uh push lost box out of the format to be honest maybe some other lost zone decks can survive it but you know your turn one ko with cram iono to five you get another ko iono to four and it gets worse and worse from there right look at this guardy list they have the four iono the four pal or and the pal pad four pal pad geez I, when you said we're uh big impactful cards in the deck the reversal energy is like okay i thought we're gonna talk about super rod though because i think super rod adds a ton yeah to sure. guard for being able to like chain guard wars you can actually like, kind of turn the deck into a one prize deck with the uh with super rod because not only can you like recover your guardies more aggressively to be able to like chain shiny arcane and guard wars and we see both lists are playing two now and less of the zation and they don't even play this guy sealstone um but it also allows you to put energy back in the deck to actually hit the energy off Shiny Arcana to make it so your Shiny Arcana or Guard Force actually one-hit KO stuff more consistently. So, uh, yeah, Super Rod, I think, is the the bigger card here. Maybe you could argue Iona's. Iona's probably the biggest card here. Super Rod second. Reversal Energy. Eh, I guess if you get Pat to the Peak, it'll uh, be kind of cool. 
Um, but yeah, Guard War kind of dominating. We don't see the rest of the top cut-ish top decks. We don't see the top four, so it'd be interesting to see how good other stuff did. Um, there was a Lost Box still up there. Like I said, it might be hard for Lost Box to compete with the uh, with Iona's being the format. And one the other thing we can mention, there's the Drifloons in the both lists, which is probably also pretty good for Mirror. Oh, only that can only one of them has the Drifloon. Oh, only one is the Drifloon, yeah. Uh, but I think uh, I'm not surprised to not see Drifloon plus big charm or whatever it was called in the in the decks because i'm pretty sure that combo is just bad <laughs> in guardians like this is a good meme um but nothing more so i'm not surprised to not see the the driftloot itself in there is kind of chill but i'm not surprised to not see the i don't know what is the card called fake big cape, fake cape i don't know I, I don't think it's been <laughs> revealed in english yet so i don't know what the english name is going to be it'll probably be something different as well but it'll just be cape of toughness no but it's like a charm yeah, it's it's some sort of charm thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so there's yeah, we see the one Drifloon. There's no charm card and there's no Champions Festival. That was kind of the the big talk, right? It's like, oh, yeah. Champions Festival. Everyone's wasting their money spending hundreds of dollars on Champions Festival for this combo that's not even that good, which might be <laughs> true, <laughs> to be honest. Like, I don't know how good that combo is actually going to be, but Champions Festivals, while they are expensive here in North America, they're even more expensive over in Japan. Um, I did see someone say, like, if we look at this guy that got first place, uh, Yoshiyuki Yamaguchi, uh, they did get top 16 at Worlds in 2019. So theoretically, they have Champions Festivals, right? So I mean, if they wanted to, they could have played them, but chose yeah. not to, chose to just go with a more consistent build. And I do really think, I, I think, yeah, I mean... I mean, Japanese uh, this, Champions Festivals, this... I think, are like the most expensive Champions Festivals. Yeah, like, they're maybe like sold over them $1,000. Or like, if they had them graded or something, maybe they don't want to... Or also, like, you maybe just don't want to use them. Is it worth it? Like, if they don't, if you don't think it makes that big of a difference in, like, your matchup spread to have a Champions Festival. But it does seem good when you're going more Shiny Arcana heavy, right? Getting the extra energy on the Shiny Arcana to get, to get push for one of KO seems pretty good. But Collapse and Sinnoh are still pretty strong as well, especially if, like, you really want that Sinnoh for the Lugia matchup late game. Yeah, so Super Rod definitely showing it's an impactful card. And I think that's something that we uh, definitely expected. Like, recovery cards feel kind of meh right now, right? Miriam, Clara, Rescue Carrier. It's pretty much it in the whole format, I think. Yeah. Um, so getting Super Rod back, I mean, it's one of the most powerful ones in the history of the game. Um, yeah, and I What do you think about, about the changeup going for this when we're coming off of Ordinary Rod? Like, is it kind of just arbitrary which random recovery card they decide to give us between this, like... Super well, Ordinary Rod, better. Rescue Stretcher, like... Okay, Rescue Stretcher is broken. That one they should not reprint. Rescue Stretcher yeah, is sure. definitely the best. I think Ordinary Rod is better than Super Rod, and then Super Rod is um, the third, because just because it recovers less. Like, you don't really need three energy. You don't really need three Pokemon ever. Like, it's kind of Well, whatever. situationally, I think the... though, you do, right? Yeah, but I feel like more situations are you're going to want four things. I mean, imagine Super Rod with Kyogre, right? Like... Yeah, I'd rather have Ordinary Rod. <laughs> like, Would four? you? What? <laughs> all right maybe 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 we thought i mean you still need energy retrieval in the deck as well maybe you're right maybe maybe ordinary round and super are close um i actually was thinking about this though i was like i was kind of like i don't hate the idea of kind of us having stuff like clara um but the, one of the things with the problems with stuff like clara or, or your pokemon recovery is only supporter based is once hand disruption is really popular like even we could even could have could have been in a current situation where like you're getting judged every turn which some decks do um, or especially when Iono comes out, when you're getting Iono'd every turn, having to play your supporter for turn to recover your Pokemon is really not good. So I actually, I think it makes sense for them to reprint Super Rod. At first, I was kind of questioning it. Like, why can't we just, like, use Clara and stuff? Like, like make the Pokemon recovery turns, like, a lot more impactful because it's your supporter for turn. But if everyone has to do it, then you have to, like, find the right time to do it. 
But if you're getting Ionoed every single turn, it can be a lot harder to find those turns, especially as you get later, later in the game, right? So I think sure. it's a good thing they reprinted Super Rod after I've kind of like revisited that um, my thought process on that. So I think it makes sense to have a more aggressive Pokemon recovery card if something like Iono is going to be in the format. No, yeah, I totally, I, I think that makes sense. Um, I, I do want to see the rest of the results from this top. Uh, yeah, talk cut, about it next week but, if they yeah, come we, out. We've only got these top four for now, but I have Lost to Fox was there though. Yeah, there's some other stuff. Yeah, you were saying, yeah, Iono you think is just going to make really difficult to play Lost Box. So someone still found a way with it. Um, I guess we should look at that list because there's something pretty interesting in here, and that is a new Luxray, which is a stage two Pokemon, but it has this ability, Overflowing Fighting Spirit. You may use this ability during your turn. If you have more prize cards remaining than your opponent, put this Pokemon onto your bench so you can put it directly into play. And it has an attack for one lightning, two colorless, wild charge, 180 damage. This Pokemon does 20 damage to itself. Yeah, so the Luxray there, I have to imagine because you want to be lightning type, right? Because it's literally just Snorlax, but you can't play it unless you're losing the game, right? Yeah. So it has to be for like lightning weakness up against Lugia. It's got to be like the only thing I can think about. Um, you obviously still have Raikou in like this build. This build is pretty turbo, pretty straightforward, pretty turbo. Um, you do have the Raikou in there, like I just mentioned. So you'd have that lightning week as well. But like the big thing, as it, so my initiative was like, I think I feel like Lost Box could be like too good when Super Rod comes out. But I think Iono probably keeps that a little bit in check. And now I'm like on more so the side of like, I think Iono uh, will push Lost Box out of the format more than Super Rod will kind of uh, get Lost Box back to where it kind of was before pre, um, pre-rotation. pre Because Super Rod's insane. Like Ordinary Rod is insanely good in yeah boss box and now super rod coming back is basically the exact same card for it so but iono's here so i think it kind of keeps it in check and i'm more so on the, the side of iono could definitely push lost box all the way in the format but yeah some new additions for lost box so it's not uh it's not getting nothing from the new set that's for sure i don't know if we're gonna yeah. be playing the luxury that's kind of interesting but a couple other new cards as well we can mention does have the one jet energy it's a colorless energy card when you attach this card from your hand to one of your benched pokemon switch it with your active pokemon so let you get another flower selecting off, let you get into the active to get your Snorlax to be not asleep anymore, to get him to stop sleeping on the job. <laughs> and uh, also has the one Artisan Stadium card. We talked about this one a little bit earlier in the podcast, mm. actually. But once during each player's turn, that player may search their deck for a basic Pokemon that does not have a rule box and put it onto their bench. Then they shuffle their deck. So there's a lot of good stadium choices for lost box right now beach court seems yeah. like the most obvious one if you're playing kyogre you probably want some sort of pokey stop in there but artisan becomes a solid third option where do you think it kind of falls uh it seems like it's the worst of them because you also give it to your opponent um so at that point i don't know why not just the fourth nest ball you know i'm not trying to help my opponent out that much that's like a big help sure. like there's a difference between mezagoza and artisan town i feel like right that's a pretty big difference of how much you're helping your opponent like the mezagoza I mean, it really sucks when you get tails and then they get heads, but also when you're only playing in decks like Lugia that have so much stadium removal just through their attack of the Lugia. I don't know. not a huge fan of it if you don't have to play because it feels like it really does help your opponent a lot. And like we said, like I said, this list already doesn't have four nest balls. So if you're trying to like... It, it would just kind of come down to how many more stadium removal options do you want, I think is like the biggest thing. It's like, Do you really need a second stadium? Do you need that much flexibility to remove your opponent's stadiums? If not, it should probably just be a fourth nest ball, to be honest. But that'd be kind of the thing. is like how often do you want to bump path or whatever. We do see the split of the forest seal, sky seal, something we Not see people turbo. doing sometimes in this format. I don't know what was kind of we talked about it. I think a little bit earlier, right? But like just overall, like no oh, Drapion as well. Wait, is there is maybe people don't play Mew anymore? 
Sorry, I'm kind of like thought process coming out. <laughs> Talking <laughs> the, through the, a bunch of thoughts. I mean, like once. if I think Lugia is the main matchup you want Sky Seal for, or the Drapion uh, with yeah. the Sky Seal, and just depending on how some games develop, even against like Arceus decks, you might want the Sky Seal, but. Can't really argue to have like another pretty reasonable out to Colrus through the Force Steel, right? Or potentially anything else you'd want for like a big turn, like a Lost Vacuum Grab to get to Sableye sooner, or to get to your Lost Gates or your Mirage Gates sooner, stuff like that. You can't, you can't ever go wrong with that, right? Yeah, there is also just one Lost Vacuum in this list, yeah. which is maybe a little surprising. Yeah, so it's not really that. This list is not that turbo at all, for sure. To be honest, yeah. like this is not that turbo of a build. It's kind of more of the. I don't know another lost box build <laughs> mid-range <laughs> mid-range lost box like it's not super turbo mid-range it's not like you make up with that with like having a ton of late game either like you don't have kyogre in there either right yeah i, I thought you like hated the like classifications of pokemon decks like that like mid-range and <laughs> no i'm not i'm not i'm someone who uses like i use tempo <clears throat> remember tempo okay. zard yeah sure 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 <laughs> and people hated that name because they wanted to use crossephalon <laughs> <laughs> Why would you ever want to call anything a Crocephalon? <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm all fine with the tempo. Uh, what was the other one? Mid range. I'm fine with all that. As long as it like, it's weird because like you have to. You'd have to. The biggest thing is like Pokemon. A lot of Pokemon players only play Pokemon. So if you, if you haven't played another game like Hearthstone or Magic, I feel like you just don't understand how those terms. Like those terms sometimes like when you pick up a deck and you play it. And I play like a decent amount of Hearthstone, not that much Magic. Um, but when someone will call something like a tempo deck or something in, in Hearthstone, I'd be like, it does kind of feel like that based on what is that's kind of classified as as Hearthstone decks. And then sometimes you just play a Pokemon deck and you're like, oh, this feels like a tempo Hearthstone deck in just the terms of how it plays and how it matches up against other decks. You know, like you don't have a you don't have a comeback mechanic. You're basically take a knockout every single turn, uh, a couple different options. But like if your opponent, like you're, you're not rock sanding them at the end of the game, they have to rock sand you. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to stay on tempo with the prize trade. You don't, you don't, you're not playing like a comeback game ever, right? So, and it's hard to explain to like uh, Pokemon players who haven't like played other card games. I think that's like a big part of it why it doesn't, it kind of lands flat in the Pokemon TCG community, stuff like tempo and mid range and all that stuff. All right. And then one last topic for us today. Something we did just want to mention is some new TCG products that just came out at the end of last week. So, some new products from the Pokemon Company International, including a new League Battle deck. So, in the past, we've gotten what Shadow Rider and Ice Rider Calyrex V Max. We've gotten Mew V Max, and now we get Origin Form Palkia V Star, which comes with a three-two Palkia line, one Radiant Greninja, and the deck list is on the back of the box here. I've actually got one here that we're looking at. Um, it comes with a three-three Bibero line. There's no more uh, Intellian to, to cram with the with the Palkia. It comes with the Radiant Greninja. It comes with a Manaphy. Two Hisuian Basculin. I think they were just like, oh, let's go. We 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 need some other water Pokemon that's like just <laughs> something to put in here, right? So we threw that guy in. Um, four battle VIP pass, three bosses orders, three choice belt, an echoing horn. Uh, just not gonna read everything. Four Irida, right in here. Three Melanie, one Roxanne, four trekking shoes, and then uh, a few other decent. Wait, is cards. this the second Palkia deck they've made? No, this is the first one. There's I they the did another Palkia one. Did there's the Rider World's one? deck. Oh, no, I'm thinking, I thought they did like a Palkia kind of battle style, like theme deck-ish. There is a, there is an Origin Form Palkia like premium collection box that comes with uh, a, it just comes with a Palkia V star and V, but it's not like a deck or anything like that. So yeah, okay, we okay, just want to mention this because this is consistently one of the better products to pick up. I don't know if I really would 
necessarily recommend this one though because palkia is not as good right now as it has been right this does have a ton of cards that are going to be useful in other decks like i mean you can use boss's orders in anything you can use battle vip pass in anything biberel can go in a lot of things radiant greninja goes in a lot of things manaphy how Um, much does that thing cost so this thing is 30 dollars it's like 99 we're just starting out and playing. I guess like if someone's listening right now, they've never picked up a Pokemon TCG deck before. That seems like a reasonable product if you're playing it against like another one or other yeah. league battle decks. You get like all the starter cards too. I don't know. It's like kind of seems a little bit daunting to tell someone to go on TCG player or something like that and go order four of every staple card, right? Instead right. of getting that and just getting like a lot of the staple cards like that. Um, it's a little bit less daunting, a little bit more reasonable, I feel like. I don't know. I don't know. I don't hate the idea of a product like that. I think it would have been cool, even if like if it had like I don't know. Would have been cool if it was like Maridon or something else, though, right? Like a, a more relevant Pokemon in the meta. Yeah. Well, I think part of the thing recently? is, is like, the, yeah, this just came out Friday. Um, okay. So I think part of the, I mean, they have to decide what goes in these decks like months yeah. in advance, right? Martina? Um, because, yeah, I mean, I guess something like that could have been an option, but like they can't put, I, I don't think they can put more than six uh like ultra rare cards right in the, in two, the two arc one one tina <laughs> two arc one one tina that's yeah, still fine though right like that's i mean they that... did do two two mu v max two genesect they did that yeah they so. made it work <laughs> <laughs> um but to me this does feel like a little maybe a little bit less of a like i so when the mu v max battle deck came out it was cool because if you literally just bought two of them you had a meta deck you could build yeah. a tier one mu v max deck this one, it's just like it just so happens that Palkia is not as good right now. But that doesn't mean that like this is not a good like thing to get for someone who's maybe wanting to. So like I think this is a great product maybe for someone who um wants to play the Pokemon TCG, but like is maybe familiar with it, like has played in the past, is getting back into it because you're gonna get like a solid playable deck. Like looking at the deck list on the back here, like this deck is re- going to be pretty consistent it has like a good competitive strategy good competitive thinking behind it you're not going to show up to a regionals and probably make day two with this deck but you could go to your locals and have a decent record i think right um so and palkia just overall is a strong solid card and there's nothing to say that something's not going to come out in the future that makes palkia much much better that totally could happen right uh, but just as it stands right now it's just not not the strongest i do think radiant greninja though before this came out was like eight or nine dollars so this coming out is going to drop the price of it a good bit battle vip pass was getting back up to like two dollars or something like that it's pretty funny because vip pass was like a five six dollar card and then a league battle deck came out it dropped all the way down to like a bulk now it's back up to like two dollars and then this comes out so it's going to drop down again yeah <laughs> i imagine it's going to come out in the trainer's toolkit so it'll drop down again but then like I just maybe checked. In it's a, a year dollar, it's going to keep going up dollar fifty right now yeah um yeah go tell i have like a i had something i wanted to mention but yeah with a couple other products that were just released did you want to talk about those um yeah yeah so there's also uh so that's probably a little bit better i mean they go by the level system right so that's a level three product these are two level one products so so someone who's okay i didn't literally just trying to learn the game i think and that's these new ex battle decks so this is the first uh we don't make get theme decks anymore they stopped doing theme decks start way part way through this uh sword and shield generation we started getting the v battle decks and now they give us the ex battle decks and the packaging is a lot different and the price is also cheaper which i thought was really interesting because the v battle decks were 12.99 msrp 
the MSRP for every other product went up with the release of Scarlet and Violet. Like booster packs are more expensive. Collection boxes are more expensive. Elite trainer boxes are more expensive. But these are actually cheaper. These are $9.99, which I think under $10 is like the perfect impulse buy price, right? Someone sees this on the yeah. Pokemon shelf, $10. Yeah, sure, I'll pick it up. It's got an EX card. It looks like a bunch of other things happening here. Um, they do have the deck list on the side of the box. And these are not competitive decks. Like the supporters that are included in this include <laughs> Nimona and Youngster and Jack and uh, Potion Switch. So it's really basic stuff happening here, but just to like teach someone the basics of the Pokemon TCG, like this is like the perfect little cousin or little niece or nephew gift. I feel like. So that's what I want to talk about <clears throat> after you finished like going through those was just like uh, comparing like what, I mean, that those feel pretty bad to be honest for like what you get in them. Like it's one, like it's, you can't really level those up at all. You can't take any of that. And then all of a sudden go get a couple of new cards and all of a sudden you have like a deck, right? Which kind of feels bad. Um, because mm -hmm. it gives it's like uh it is like a uh good product in terms of in terms of price to get people to like start playing, but then to for them to be like, oh okay, well now I want to like make a deck so when I go to locals or whatever I can actually play. You can you can take switch like <laughs> like you can't take any is, of that. I didn't read everything. There is two nest ball, two ultra ball. So there's like okay, a you got a little bit. On. Yeah, but it feels it feels yeah. so. Give them the researches. Give them the judges. Give them four nest ball. Like, I don't think that would hurt to give people like a little bit more of a base, like a ground uh, baseline to work with. Um, especially when we compare it to products that Japan gets, uh, which they get like full built decks almost, I feel like, in their products sometimes, right? Aren't most of their products like. I mean, really, really we did just talk about the League Battle deck, which is a full built competitive deck. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So but it's like, I think Palkia. that I think that it's fine that there's both options, right? Um, I just feel like you're not giving them anything to work with if they want to go further. So like it might be a little bit like daunting or discouraging to like want to like progress from there, right? Where you can't even take you can barely take any of what you just got and move forward with it, right? I don't know. I feel like you could just definitely give. No, them a I get little, what you're saying. It's like you give this a, to you, like someone gets this from their parents, right? So a ten year old gets this from their parents, and they're like, yeah. "Oh, this is fun. I want to go play with my friends." And then they go play a Pokemon League, and they just get destroyed by Mew V Max, yeah. like not being able to do anything. It's like they can't even like adjust their deck to even all of a sudden become like, you know, spend another 20 bucks on cards or 30 bucks, or whatever. And then all of a sudden make their deck like not viable, obviously, but like competitively. But like, you know, you can beat up, you know, another little Timmy, right? Little Timmy can go beat up on another little Timmy now. Um, I was going to say from there. Also, because it felt like we we're going in like such a positive direction for products, which I don't think it's like, but it feels like we pulled back a little bit recently. I don't know, especially with like these things, seeing these things. Um, but like compared to what we used to have, for <laughs> what we used to have for like products as far as like giving you like kind of a baseline to work with competitively this is definitely an improvement right everything's been an improvement for a while but now it feels like we kind of plateaued i don't know i mean aggressively yeah i understand kind of all sides of it but also it's like so i don't know that the goal for someone buying an ex battle deck has to be that they're gonna go play the pokemon tcg yeah, but that should be an their option right it should be an option, but there is There's, an option. There is an option. It's right here. It's it's the league battle deck, right? I guess. So it's no like, one, yeah, I guess. So this is like you give it, it, it like parent buys this for their kids or you get it as a gift for your you know nieces, nephews, siblings, whatever. They sit at home and play it with one another <laughs> uh, like in just, you know, and I mean, it is kind of unfortunate that the two that they have, one of them is a fighting type. And one of them is a, <laughs> a lightning type. Yeah, that, that's another thing for sure. <laughs> which is kind of tough, but um, 
I think it's fine. Like uh, the end goal does not need to be that everyone who buys one of these products goes. No, of course it doesn't need to be the end product. But it, yeah, it doesn't. But you could you could give Timmy four nest ball and he could never you know. You could play three games of Pokemon with his deck and never play it again. But then also you give Jimmy three, four Nest Ball, and now he's all of a sudden competing at League. Like, who cares? It's just 60 pieces of cardboard. If some of them are, if they're, if they're mostly more competitive cards or competitive leaning, then someone can do something with them, right? Like, it doesn't matter if they end up in the trash for Jimmy, um, but it matters if Jimmy now can take those cards, get a couple more cards, and all of a sudden be playing at League. I almost wonder, what about this? Think about it like this, though. What I almost wonder if there's like a replayability aspect to your deck being worse, right? Like if all you know from the Pokemon TCG is these two decks, if you don't know the like consistency of for research or Colrus's experiment, like battle VIP pass, if you don't know the consistency of these cards exists and all you know is these things where it's like I opened up with my opening hand and I played my pneumonia uh, to draw three. Oh, I didn't draw an energy card or I didn't draw my evolution. I guess I got to try again in my next game, right? Yeah, I guess. I guess that could be it. And then you get your first your first research and add it to your deck. And you're like, oh my God, this is so good. And then like, you're like, I want to get another one. And you slowly add, you slowly build up your deck with like four research, four death ball. And you're like, yeah, this is broken. I was actually going to, when you mentioned that kind of like, this is like, you know, the starter of it. And then it's like, I was going to say, so, the Palkia deck is like when Professor Elm gave Ash his Pikachu and sent him off into the world. You give him Professor the... <laughs> who gave Ash a Pikachu? Was it Professor Oak? Professor Elm? Professor Oak? Yeah, yeah Professor. I don't know. <laughs> Professor Tree. Professor Dot Tree <laughs> gave Ash the Pokeball. You're gonna. You know, it's like giving the kid the Palkia battle deck and sending him off to <laughs> conquer the Pokemon world. Yeah. Yeah. That's all you need, bro. You just need that one. That one. Uh, one Pokemon to get going. Or Pokemon deck in this situation. So yeah, we just kind of wanted to give our thoughts on these products. There's also the Trainer's Toolkit that's supposed to come out, I think, this month. I think it's coming out at the end of the oh, month. what does it's, this one give? Because those have always been pretty good. It's going to have Arceus V-Star in it, but we don't know what okay. trainers it has. That'll be good ones. And those those products have been great so far. So those are hopefully they maintain that. Um, yeah. Hopefully they give them Arctina, not like Arc. I don't know what Arc Palkia. No, no, no. It'll just have one car, one or two promo cards in it. It'll be like an Arceus oh. V-Star. And then, like, so the way that one works is it gives you... How do those you, work? I don't even know It that. gives you, like, it gives you, like, a couple packs. You get a promo card. So in the past, it was, like, the Luminion V or the Dedenne GX back then. Like the oh, the Crobat artwork. ones, too, right? Yeah, the Crobat ones. And then it gives you, uh, okay. like, sealed little brick of trainer cards. It's literally yeah. a stack of 60 trainer cards, two of each one. So it'll be, like, two boss to nest ball to ultra ball something like that I better um, give four nest ball <clears throat> it's the, gonna be two of everything that's just how give timmy give they want timmy you to, the four they nest want ball. you to buy two of them azul they want you to buy two of them <laughs> to get Timmy needs sets. timmy needs four nest ball bro um <laughs> but yeah i think that covers pretty much everything we want to talk about this week um unless you had any final thoughts chip i think you can send us out yeah, I don't think so. Big thanks to everyone, of course, as always, mm. for listening and supporting. It really does mean a lot to us. Everyone comes to listen to what we have to say every single week. If you do enjoy the show, please be sure to leave us a rating, drop a review on your favorite podcasting platform, um, or leave a like on the YouTube video. Be sure to comment. Let us know what your thoughts are. We had uh, plenty of things that we discussed in this week's episode. If you want to stay connected to us, the best way to do that is over on Twitter. You can follow myself at Chip Ritchie. Azul is at Azul underscore GG. You can also follow the podcast at Uncommon underscore Energy.
Yeah. Thanks for watching. As always, I uh, appreciate the support. I was a little bit low energy this cast, so I apologize for that. I'll remember to drink some caffeine before next week's episode and catch us next week, Tuesday, 7 a.m. Eastern. See you then.